Well, hello, and welcome to episode 8 of Pegasus Radio. In today's episode, we look at the B word. Let's dive in and find out what I'm talking about. The B word, then. I bet you all thought I was going to talk about Brexit. Nope. I'm going to talk about bonus. I often get asked what kind of bonus somebody should typically expect. So I thought I'd do a whole episode dedicated to the subject. The first point to make about bonus is that it is just that, a bonus. I'd always advocate not letting yourself get into a situation where you're relying on an annual bonus as part of your annual remuneration or annual running costs at home. Literally one bad year and a company could revoke any bonus, even if they've paid it for the last 10 years. If they have a bad year and they don't have enough profit, they, they, they may not pay bonus. In the same vein, I would say you need to think about that old saying, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So let's take an example. What's better, a 50,000 basic and a 5,000 bonus, or a 53,000 basic with no bonus? The latter is always guaranteed. You also probably get, a, obviously, a higher percentage when you're, with your pension contribution as well. The former isn't. For that matter, I think when looking at any package, it's always worth totting up the overall package, all the benefits, yeah, including bonus if you want, but all the benefits, so that you make sure you're comparing apples with apples when considering maybe other offers or alternatives. Lastly, something I'm something I'm a massive, massive kind of soapbox stand on <laughs> person on is um, that a bonus should not be at the expense of career progression. There are some consultants out there, for example, who pay a really healthy salary and a great bonus, but fundamentally have very flat structures where the majority of the team is still stuck doing delivery. Often, you'll have somebody, let's say, a senior QS, who's, who's doing absolutely everything that maybe in other businesses a junior um, QS would support them with problem here is that whilst they're paid very well and get a healthy bonus, they don't get chance to build the wider skill set to step into management, such as resource management, client management, business development. So inevitably they get stuck at the same level. And the danger then is that you, because you're paid so well, you, you're too expensive for other businesses. And so you just end up remaining at the same level and inevitably your, your overall earning potential decreases compared to those who advanced up through the ranks. Now, all of that said, I do get that getting a bonus is nice and certainly hopefully reflects the work you've put in over the course of a year. So what do businesses usually pay? Well, I tend to find there are kind of four common approaches when it comes to bonus. First is no bonus at all. The second is a small bonus, often the same amount each year. The third is I guess a percentage, which is, is fairly typical in terms of you know what the percentage is going to be. And I guess the last is a bonus linked to performance. Okay, so the first, some businesses simply don't pay bonuses, believing instead that individuals should be rewarded through progression and salary increases. Some businesses do pay bonus, but only at a certain level. So is that a good or a bad thing that a business doesn't pay a bonus? Well, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. If a business is true to its word and does believe in promoting internally and kind of progressing good individuals relatively quickly. In that case, then maybe, you know, maybe maybe that kind of rapid progression is better than a bonus. There is, of course, a but there. <laughs> if a business 
believes and says they do that, but fundamentally you can kind of get stuck at the same level for a period of time. Let's say you reach that senior QS level and you remain at that level for the next three, four, five years, your salary remains fairly flat, perhaps with the exception of cost of living rises. Then in that case, I, could, I can sense why maybe a lack of bonus would be would be frustrating because you're doing the work you and your colleagues are all at the same kind of level of remuneration you're doing a lot more work than that individual or other individuals in your business but you're not getting that reward you know then that that kind of model falls down however for me worse than no bonus is businesses that pay a paltry bonus they may pay you know 500 quid to a grand uh, at christmas time now for me what really, certainly if I was uh, such an individual, would really grab my gears is let's say an individual does very well for the business in a year, either puts in a real shift, works loads of hours and generates lots of fees, or maybe brings in some new business to do, to do business and generating maybe tens or hundreds of thousands worth of fees. To then be rewarded with a £1,000 bonus and a bottle of Echo Falls, <laughs> it's not really going to cut it for me. And, and personally for me, I think it's more condescending than anything else. Now, before I kind of dive into standard bonuses, which what what the chunk of businesses do pay, let's deal with performance-related bonuses. Now, firstly, as much as I'm sure most employees would like a performance-related bonus, the reality is that nine times nine ta- sorry nine times out of ten firms typically pay a discretionary bonus. Why? Well, there are a number of reasons for this. I'll go through them with you. Number one. The level of bonus given out to employees has to be in relation to overall business performance, not just an individual or individual team. Two, the business may be making major investments to improve the business, taking a larger chunk out of the profits in that year, so hence they don't have as much um, room for giving additional bonuses. Three, the business needs to retain a certain amount of profit and cash reserves to weather any future downturns. Four. Fees generated by individuals is rarely just down to one individual, and the cost of delivering a fee may actually fluctuate depending on other costs the business has to incur, whether that be additional staff costs um, or, or other admin costs. So it's not always clear what level of bonus should be paid until at the end of the year, once all the, I guess, kind of accounts have been run. Number five, giving people a performance-related bonus can sometimes make them act selfishly, maybe even unethically sometimes, and maybe not in the interest of the wider business. Okay, so there are kind of five common reasons I hear as to why companies pay um, discretionary bonus. Now, to be honest, as a business owner myself, I think a lot of those arguments do actually stack up. However, there is a massive but there. Some businesses may genuinely, for the reasons they've outlined above, run a very commercially well-run and fair business. They'll look after their people in a downturn, won't make redundancy unless they really have to, and that's because they've got those kind of cash reserves in place and they've run, uh, as I say, a commercially viable business. On the flip side, however, there are businesses who may give those reasons and tell employees those reasons, but actually the partners and directors take huge bonuses or dividend payments each year without really rewarding their staff. Now, I have said in previous episodes, it's of course their prerogative to do that you know often the directors or partners are the ones who have taken the risk and have the stress of managing and running a business so they do probably deserve um, you know a decent reward that said it's obviously the magnitude of that reward and how does that relate to what they pay their staff in terms of bonuses so you know let's say a business makes you know a million quids worth of um, profit that year the partners draw the vast majority of that down for the for their personal 
benefit and maybe then pay all of their staff a paltry £500 each and a bottle of Echo Falls. You know, you, it's up to you whether you think that's that's fair and reasonable or not. I suspect not. So, as I say, some businesses do pay performance-related bonuses. What I would advocate with that is that you need to be very clear, i.e., you produce X in fees that year, you get Y in terms of bonus. And actually, if I'm honest, I do find that most performance-related bonuses still end up being pretty much in line with what most discretionary bonuses pay in the end. So, yeah, I think discretionary bonuses, sorry, I think performance-related bonuses are great. I do understand why a lot of businesses don't instigate them. And I think if you have got a performance-related bonus, just make sure you're clear how you go about achieving that. Okay, so let's get to the nub of the article. Come on, Paul, what... Oh, episode, I beg your pardon. Come on, Paul, what do t- businesses typically pay in discretionary bonus on average? Okay, so we'll break it down into, I guess, three different kinds of organisations. So what do consultancies pay? Well, typical, the simple answer is most consultancies pay a bonus of between 5 and 20% of an individual's basic salary. Most average 10%, to be honest. If you're reaching that kind of 20% bonus level, it's usually because you've you've done something pretty exceptional that year. Maybe your business unit or um, or fees you've managed have generated a, a real massive chunk of, of extra profit for the business. Contractors. This kind of splits down the middle. You know, kind of half will mirror what consultancies do, i.e. somewhere between 5 to 20% of basic salary. Others tie it very much to margin on projects. And some can see their bonus go up to as much as 30%. The question, of course, here is what ethical lines may they have to cross to get that? Developers. Well, this is a funny one. I genuinely think most people not working for developers assume that bonuses are absolutely huge within developers. My honest experience is that it's not necessarily the case. Maybe in one out of ten cases there are exceptional bonuses paid, but in often most cases, again, it reverts back to those same kind of numbers, typically 5 to 10 to, five to 20%. Now, in all three categories, there are absolutely outliers who do pay much more in bonus. But I would say there are genuinely two common themes I see in these cases. The first is it's nearly always in lieu of career progression. Often the organisation has a very flat structure with very limited opportunity for further progression. So your salary stays static for years, hence why you maybe get a better bonus. And secondly, there's often an ethical line you have to cross, i.e. for your business to do well, others, most likely in your supply chain, have to suffer. And that's worth thinking about. You've got to you've got to be ensure you've got to ensure that that sits ethically right for you. Okay, now what I should have said at the beginning of this podcast episode is that this is talking about what employees earn in bonus, not what equity partners or directors earn. This is probably worth, I guess, a separate episode another time. But yeah, just so I'm clear, this is referring to what you typically earn as an employee. Okay, that's the end of the episode. I hope it's been another useful one for you. As always, more to come. I hope you have a great Bank Holiday weekend. Have a good one. Bye.